Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Access All Areas. I'm Stephen Lane. And I'm Bobby Norris. Welcome back, Stephen. How are you both? Thank you. I'm very good. Um, Canada was exceptional. No complaints. Um, Tell me everything. I mean, it's Toronto is a gorgeous place. Um, yeah, it's a bit like America, but much cleaner and with much nicer people. Um, yeah, so we did loads of stuff. I went to a basketball game. I went to a football game, like a Canadian football game. Went to see Mean Girls the Musical. Um, Alan's Light and Shade. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, when it came to Canadian football game, I had no clue what was going on. Um, yeah, but it was it was actually super fun, and the weather was great. We were really, I was felt very blessed. Lots of um, lots of three-course dinners, lots of free Ooh. Prosecco and champagne and wine, and just a really Lovely. nice, really nice vibe. I, 10 out of 10 would recommend Canada to anyone. Um, Nothing tastes better than free, does it? <laughs> that is so true. Um, yes. How was, was the food? Is it lovely over there? The food. Yeah, I mean, like it was. It was. It's a bit like being in London. You know what I mean? There's loads of variation and loads of different kinds of places. They have a bit of a pub culture in Canada, which obviously doesn't exist like in America. Um, mm. So went to a couple of pubs. Um, went to a sports bar, which is really not me at all. Um, Check but, you out. You've gone to Canada and you've come. I'm a new man. I'm straight. Yeah, <laughs> sports bars, football matches. Check him out. Um, yeah, and it was it was actually really fun. Have you ever heard of poutine? Which is like a Canadian. Not that man. Not 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 Putin. No. Um. <laughs> poutine. It's like a. It's like it's basically chips and gravy with cheese um but it's like it's like a delicacy in Canada um so we had that one night um yeah just 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 lovely I really have no complaints apart from having to do a Sunday night overnight flight um and then working in the morning what's the time difference like is there a jet lag yeah they're five hours behind um so we left at seven our flight was at 7 p.m. and we landed back in London at 6:30 a.m. Um, oh, so I'd had about I'd had maybe about never nice land at that kind of time, especially no. when the five hours throws you. No, really wasn't. Uh, especially so I had I got back home, had an hour's nap, and then I was back at my laptop doing work. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty good. How was it last week? It was summer? Yeah, lovely show. Thank you, babe. Lovely, really yeah. nice. Um, yeah. Great chats. Obviously, missed you. Obviously. But I know you'd be having a lovely old time. Too. Did you end up going to the that strip bar they was te- that guest was telling us about? I didn't have enough time to go to any gay bars. I'm very disappointed. Um, but uh, yeah, not the end of the world. To be fair, we drank so much that it was on the Saturday night. I had a bit of free time. Like I was just like, Do you know what? I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> Like so, yeah. So I decided against going to any gay bars, which was a shame. But you know, we we moved. Um, oh, I'm glad you had a lovely time, though. Thanks. Have you never yeah. been before, had you? No, no. Have you ever been? No. It, it's somewhere I've kind of always wanted. You know, you kind of have like a to-do list or places yeah. you want to go. It's definitely somewhere I'd love to go. I but think for I some think... reason I've never got round to it. Well, same as me. I mean, if, if I hadn't have got the opportunity to go for with work, I would probably n- not have done it anytime soon yeah i mean it's just a gorgeous place i would thoroughly recommend go the second you get the opportunity i would say Absolutely. I, was there, I was obviously there for the halloween weekend so it was pumpkins galore everywhere basically 
And is it yeah. like America over there in terms of how big Halloween is? Probably not as big as America, but there was definitely like a vibe. Um, so yeah, what have you been up to? Anything exciting? Well, funny you mention Halloween. I've worked Halloween weekend, so it kind of passed me by. But it feels like the wilderness Chihuahua was all at <laughs> Halloween parties. Um, I've seen so many amazing fancy dress costumes on social media. Mm. Um, I, I, I love that more than the actual day itself. I've seen, especially, uh, I think it's just such a huge thing in America, isn't it? But American celebrities just go next level mm-hmm. with Halloween. Um, but I have a real phobia of clowns, and it's that one time a year I was working on the Friday night. So when I was coming in and out of London, I must have seen like three or four clowns just walking around the streets. London streets at night, it, it, it literally just horrendous. Like, really? It really, really? Since I was about four, my mum and dad did me like a, I think it was my first birthday party. And as, as you did, I was like, oh, we'll get him a clown. I don't <laughs> think I knew I was getting a clown. Anyway, this geezer <laughs> walked out. But I lost my shit. And 30 years on, I still hate them. Um, wow. And I can't figure out why, really, because in theory, they should probably be quite a nice thing, do you know what I mean? But um, I think what it is, is that you don't know what who or what is behind the makeup. It's the yeah. not knowing, isn't it? Because yeah, the, yeah. the big exaggerated painted on face and hair and nose and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well, and anyway, also there's I'll, so many like films and stuff that are about evil clowns, right? So kind of gets into your psyche. Well, yeah. When do you even think of nice clowns now? I mean, I can't even go and see that film. What's it called? It the one that stands around oh, yeah. the yeah. or lives <laughs> down a train. Fuck that! Like, no, <laughs> just like it, it gives me the horrors. So I, I didn't mind actually working uh, Halloween weekend. Um, but no, yeah, all good my end, thank you, babe, all good. Mm. Getting a little bit of a sore throat, though, but I think that could be a change of weather. You know, it's, it's been so mild over here. Mm. Like the other day, you kind of, you go out, it like layered up because you don't want to get cold. And then kind of, it was like 21. And I was like, gosh, it's I like, it, it froze, it, it froze you because you don't kind of know how, how are you dressing for this weather, do you know what I mean? But the only thing about, I mean, I quite like autumn, autumn for... For the for the clothes, I love mm-hmm. like a chunky knit and all mm-hmm. that kind of. Thing. But I don't mm-hmm. think the weather's there yet. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it'll be too long. But I think now Halloween's out of the way. I mean, as always, come first of November. Mariah does a classic post on social media saying, <laughs> I saw that, like, yeah. "Starts cashing in them royalties." Fair <laughs> play to the girls. Let's have it right. She owns a few quid this time of year. Yeah. Um, so I kind of feel like Christmas is absolutely here. And we've got I'm a Celebrity starting, haven't we, next weekend with Mr Matt Hancock going in as oh my God. What is I your mean, thoughts? Well, I'm really conflicted because on the one hand, I think he's going to be great television. <laughs> he's obviously going to be the one that gets voted to do all the challenges. Definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be fun to watch. On the other hand, he's still a working Member of Parliament. Uh, and there's an inquiry going on into everything that happened during COVID. I read an interesting story last week. So one of the other contestants is Charlene White, who's um, ITV news presenter and also the Loose Woman uh, host. And she has um, rightfully so spoken her mind about how some of her family, I think it was her aunt, uh, died from COVID and how she... uh, uh, wasn't a like the funeral was very minimal and obviously you know remember when all those 
rules are in place. Um, and I think she's going to have something to say to Matt Hancock. That's going to be a very awkward, difficult discussion and probably mm. not one he had anticipated um, coming into... But they fairly must half be expecting those because to go when there's nothing to do but talk and do your tasks and challenges yeah. and just kind of survive, like getting your water and keeping your fire alive, he must know that the celebs are going to pull him on things and quite rightly so. Mm. Um, I mean, I love a bit of Charlene White. Um, she's interviewed me a few times and I've seen her a few, couple of events. So, yeah, well, I think she's definitely the salt that probably Just would address it. Mind. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's very easy for people who maybe wasn't as personally affected as other people mm-hmm. to, to forget how, how, at the height of this, how many people couldn't have funerals. I mean, when you yeah. think back, do you remember there was that little boy that died? Uh, and I, I mean, I'm sure there's so many we didn't even hear about and couldn't have anyone at the funeral. It, it's just heartbreaking and people having to socially distance and stuff. And obviously, yeah. I can't blame COVID on Matt Hancock. Um, it's, it's not his fault, that side of things. But I think he's it, kind of, he's not put himself in a good situation in terms of to be seen to be the one that you're making these rules. And then down the line, we see him having a little a kiss and a cuddle in the office. Um, I mean, I, I, I imagine that he's going to get hauled up and they're going to speak about it. And I reckon that's half the reason ITV are throwing him in there. A hundred percent. I mean, they're not, they're not stupid. Um, and actually, I think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty solid lineup because they've also got Mike Tyndall, who's um, yeah. married to Princess Anne's daughter. First bit of royal connection going in there. Exactly, yeah. I wonder um, if he'll be talking about Harry and Meghan. Because I was thinking about this. Obviously, I know we've spoke about it in the past. Like, obviously, when Harry and Meghan done like Oprah and he's done James Corden going around on the bus and stuff, um, we, we can't see Kate and Will going to see Phil and Ollie um, or going to see it on GMB with Susanna. So, but Mike can. So if he's in that jungle, he's in his kind of in his right. And I yeah. wonder if he's got kind of think, well, do you know what? I'm going to speak on it. It's a funny one. You don't know, do you? Yeah, completely, completely agree. And I think, I think that's, I mean, that's exactly what ITV will be hoping for. I think, I think also oh. it's, it's going to be a big series anyway, because it's the first one back in Australia for mm. three years. Um, the last one would have been, yeah, 2019. Right? one, yeah. Yeah. The one just before. And then the last two were in, in North Wales. And although it was good, I mean, it wasn't, um, it's not the same. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, it's going to be a big, big series. There's also Boy George, who apparently only a few months before had joked about how he'd earned enough money from doing the voice so that he could say no to um, I'm a celebrity. Um, turns <laughs> out... No, he didn't. <laughs> it's so straightforward because he's now said uh, he's now done it. He's now doing it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think it's going to be a, a a pretty exciting series. Yeah, absolutely. And by the time we do next week's show, we'll be a couple of episodes into it. So yeah, we'll be able to speak a little bit more. I um yeah, I, I'm just interested. To, yeah, I want to know if we're going to hear anything about Harry and Meghan. Um, mm-hmm. Or he's going to kind of keep the dignified silence. Um, but again, the thing is, gonna... well... we... yeah, go on, Bob. 
Nicole. Yeah, I, I just was one. If it's gonna be, it could go one or two ways. He's either gonna think I'm gonna talk about it because I'm in a situation that I can, and let's have it yeah. right. If I was in the jungle with him, there's no way I'd sit around that fire at night with nothing else to do and not talk about Harry and Megan. Do you know what I mean? The same as if I was You'd sat have to bring it up, like even if he. So I think whether it, it then just comes down to what ITV and production airs a conversation. So obviously, there's 24 hours going to be worth of talking, minus obviously when the celebs are asleep. Um, so, so yeah, it sounds. I'm, I'm sure things are going to come up, um, but there's going to be some interesting and maybe some some difficult conversations. I think happening around that around that campfire. Might be quite happy to go and eat with cheese grubs and uh, kangaroo testicles just to get out of the out of the camp for a couple of hours. <laughs> I think that's a good point, and I and I don't think people are going to be shy in voting for him, so we'll be seeing it probably sooner rather than later. Oh well, I think we will probably see him in ninety nine percent of them. <laughs> do you remember when Helen Flanagan was on it and people kept voting for her to do it because she was so terrified? Yeah, um, I think I think Matt will probably be the same. I think it'll be hard for him to get people on board, but. Anyway. And I think he must, he can't be a silly man to have that position of a job. Mm. I mean, some of his decisions are questionable, but he can't be a stupid man. So he's sat on a plane for 24 hours. He, the penny must have dropped and he must think, right, the, the likelihood is people are going to have me doing a lot of the trials and tasks. But that's, that's, that's the name of the game. And I think when you're taking your check... You've got, you've got uh, what you're going to do. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, I guess we'll, we'll see. And hopefully we might even be able to get a few of them on um, after they've come out. That'd be fab. We have a great show coming up today. We've got Love Island uh, uh, 2021 star Abby Rawlings um, coming up first. Uh, and then we've got from Drag Race UK, Charity Case. Um, very, excited, very excited to speak to her and then uh, coming up at the end of the show we have Chinita Seamson from Married at First Sight UK um, so uh, very excited to get them all in and we actually have Abby here ready to go so let's get her in and try let's go how are you hun? I'm good thank you how are you? really good thank you thanks for joining us this evening it's lovely to have you back on the show Thanks for having me. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's been we, a little while. What I think we spoke to you, though? yeah, it was like a year ago, just after you come out the show. Yeah, as I say, I think it was when I was quite fresh out the show, so yeah, probably either a year or over a year now. Where has that year gone? This year is so scary <laughs> now, <laughs> now in November. I can't believe it. How have you found it, or how are you feeling a year down the line? How am I feeling? I am feeling a lot more grounded now. I feel better now. Um, it was all a little bit full on when I first came out for like a deer in headlights. I feel like now I'm finally like realigned myself. I know what my goals are. I know what I want to do. So I feel just like a lot more ready compared to what it was before. Mm. It must be really hard. I always think that with people that go into Love Island, because when you enter that villa, you've got no concept of what's going on until you leave so you kind of you walk in that video and then by the time you come out you haven't changed but your life's changed without you knowing it and it's not mm -hmm. like you've ever been able to watch episodes along the way or seen social week in week out which like a lot of shows you, you kind of still unless you're, you're in that environment you, you know what's going on if that makes sense so it must be a, a strange adjusting period to kind of come out and be like right this, this is where I'm at now and, and a lot to get your head around 
it is it's the fear of the unknown like you don't know what's happening and you just kind of have to not think about it you're going to try and be as authentically yourself as possible you also try not to get cancelled like there's so much <laughs> stuff going on because you want to like sometimes our sense of humor is our, our human general could be like a little bit on the cuff but when you're on telly you're like probably shouldn't say that but in real life you might but it'd be a little bit like a oop, oop. so it is it is a bit it's hard to try and like draw the line and be like this is appropriate for my mom to watch but at the same time I want to have fun and not be boring so you really have to try and like work out how to do that and that is so difficult mm -hmm. but I don't know I just try to have fun. Was you and your fellow islanders conscious of like you say about the, the council culture about conversation you, you was having in the villa would there ever be conversation about oh can we talk about that can we not? I would say half and half. Some people like would go to say something and then go, actually, and other people just had no filter and just did anything. So the funniest person ever in that whole villa, hands down, is Chloe. Chloe would get dared to do stuff randomly and she would just do it. And I remember thinking, Chloe, you do know that the producers, if they wanted to, they could cut that and make you look really strange or like really weird. And she was like, fuck it, it'll be fun. <laughs> I mean, hats off to you, you're hilarious. I just don't have the balls to do that. But half the stuff that she did was literally just pissing about. She didn't really take it seriously. She somehow got to the finals. I just love it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good for her, I guess, right? But so what have you been doing in the last year? I have been, I've been tattooing a lot. I went to, I, I needed to ground myself and like go back to who I was. So tattooing is like my happy place. I've been tattooing a lot. I have recently just got a new management, which I'm really excited about. I just feel like I needed to have a little bit more guidance and help as to how to get myself back on track to where it is I want to go to. So I'm really excited about that. So there's like there's stuff in the that I want to do, which is like in the pipeline, which is coming. But I think I just needed to kind of get to grips with the new lifestyle before I head on went into it. So at the moment now, I feel like I've been building the blocks to get to where I am, and now this is when I can actually start doing stuff to my full potential. We've been quite critical on the show, like in terms of how it's edited and stuff. Do you think? As viewers, we get to see the full picture and, and a true reflection of what's going on in there. Um, if you ask me for a yes, no answer, I would say no, you don't. However, I think there's like a storyline. And if you fit within the storyline, you get included. And if you don't, you don't get included. So like, I remember there was times where there was like things that for me was like a really big part of my journey. I was like, they have to put this on shorty. Then when I come out, like it wasn't aired once. And I was like, oh, that was really big for me. But obviously, because it didn't fit within their storyline they had going at the time, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't needed. So I think there's definitely are certain clips they'll try to like make sure they're shown so it makes sense for viewers. But there have been times where like one time I had a clip for me that looked like I was crying over Toby, but actually I can't remember what it was. I think I was having like a play fight with Faye and she hurt me and I started crying. But then they put that as me crying because of Toby when actually I was like, actually it's Faye that made me cry. <laughs> but it was like, so was you so quite weird. unhappy when you watched episodes, but was you kind of unhappy with how they edited you and situations? If I'm dead honest, yeah. I have not watched it back but 
the reason is I tried watching the first couple of episodes. Imagine this. Imagine a really boring day of your life and you didn't really do much. And it wasn't that long ago. It was like a couple of weeks ago. And then someone sits you down and goes, watch this. It is so boring. I know what's going to happen. I was there. I saw it with my own two eyes. Like, this is so boring to watch. I think because I didn't get too much backlash, I didn't have too many people having an issue with what I did. I didn't really feel the need to watch it because I didn't have to justify myself. So I think it would be different if I was experiencing that. But because I, if anything, people just wanted to be like, oh, I want to give you a cuddle. So I didn't really have any of that. So I didn't really watch it I definitely like YouTube certain clips I was like oh god I need to see how that looks (laughs) but other than that I haven't watched it through anyway and what's the group chat saying is there still a group chat yes there is there's one still in it or has anyone left um I think when we first came out there was a group chat of all of us I don't know if anyone's still in that one um I've just that one gone dead I think so, yeah. I think slowly everyone just kept like exiting like casually. Um, I've got one with the girls. That one's still going. Um, and then I just speak to them all separately as well. Do you think it's sort of, you know, you'd, you'd like, like Bob said, you've sort of um, been quite open about your feelings on, on the show and, and all of that. Do you think it's put you off doing anything else like that? Um, I think... Anything that is quite as heavily reality TV as Love Island is, maybe not. Um, I don't know. It's things like, so for example, I'd love to do Strictly Come Dancing, but I feel like that's not as heavily re- reality TV because you've mm-hmm. got purpose, you've got reasons to be there, and it's almost it's a talent. Like you're getting better you're and you're learning showing- something. Whereas when you're in Love Island, you're just existing and everything <laughs> that you you is taken away from you. And then you're yeah. just talking, being like, it was like, for example, when I was in there, people are like, oh, you're a tattooist, are you good? And I was like, oh, I mean, I think so. I can't really show you. So take my word for it, my wife. Like, I think it was weird because in a normal day life, you just go, yeah, look at my Instagram. So it's really oh. strange to have stuff like that taken away from you because your identity almost is like, not there and you're like ah oh, how do I do this it's really strange yeah, that's a good point <laughs> it shows how much our lives really do revolve around the internet and technology in some way or another yeah when you, it was actually when you strip scary. just devices back but that's that's a massive thing in terms of him sometimes just having to sit and talk to people so many people I could, so you sit in a restaurant and you see couples or friends sitting there, not even talking at a table or in a bar yeah. just both on their phones yeah the thing is as well when you're all living in the same house and you're all experiencing the same things after a while it does become very samey the chat because it's not like you're going off and you're doing different things at work and you're coming home and you have oh I spoke to so-and-so today we're all in the same bubble talking to the same people we're having the same chats it does get a bit like tedious after a while you're like oh and then when someone new comes and you're like oh I've got to do it all again I've got to tell them all my life story you get bored of hearing your own life story after a while so it does get a bit like right I I do this I do that my mum's cool what about you like you just get really like <laughs> And I guess if someone then gets on your tits and you're in there, it's hard because although you can get up and walk to another room, it, there's, there's nothing harder than being in under one roof with someone that's either wound you up or you've had a disagreement about something. And then did you find that in terms of, do people quite quickly take sides in there? Even if it's conversations that don't make it to the show and they don't get aired, is there that kind of, is, is, there, is there teams? 
there there's definitely like clicks within there like there'll be certain yeah. people that always stick together and if anything happened like if they walked off there'd always be the same people that would walk after them and and go there to console them um I would say I think my year was actually probably one of the least bitchiest years in terms of like people yeah. just kind of understood the situation it's Love Island you're going to come in there's a good chance someone's going to take your guy for example Chloe again when I come in obviously she exploded where she would rightly so about me and um Toby but then she came up to me and she was like it's not you it's him so you're sweet and then like the next day I just said something really stupid and then she like laughed and she was like you're actually all right we should just be friends and I was like cool like the very awkwardness that it could have been it just yeah. became not a thing because she was like it's not your badge you're here for a purpose so am I you do your thing I'll do my thing best women wins good happens to be her so that's all good it's always kind of well that ends well because you're pretty happy now you're loved up right oh yeah I'm so happy it's good everything happens for a reason the universe has its crazy yeah. ways and brought me here and I don't regret any of it and every single tear I shed in that villa was worth it in the end <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good way to think of it i think <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm a massive believer that what's meant for you won't pass you by in life's just all about timing isn't it you, yeah. you meet the right person at the right time one million percent timing is the most important thing like it might be the right person just the wrong time just gotta give yeah. you a moment and then it will happen and everything now is just just makes so much sense i just wish i could have told myself that like a year and a half ago, like, hang in there, Alps. It's all good. It's sweet. She's got your back. you just got to give her patience. That's it. <laughs> it's hindsight, though, isn't it? So many times, you're like, God, if I could just go back and tell myself, don't stress, don't be anxious about whatever it is at the time. Because at that moment, it's the biggest and the worst thing sometimes. And then down the line, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, it, it all worked out all right. I wish yeah. I could have yeah, gone back and spoke to myself 12 months ago. But, oh, hey, I live and learn. Yes, we do. And it makes us grow and become bigger and better humans. And you've, you've moved in with um, your boyfriend, right? I have, yeah. How's that? So, because I, I've known him for a few years and he moved in with me for a little bit through uh, COVID. So we've kind of lived with each other already. Oh, oh really? Okay, right. So it's one of those ones where... And also before, because he used to live far away from me, every time I'd go and see him, it would be like... Um, I'd stay there for a few days at a time or he'd stay with mine for a few days at a time. So I think I already kind of knew what it was going to be like when I lived with him. And then now living with him, it's like my most favourite thing ever. I get so Aww. excited. You know, like when a dog, when you come home, I, I'm comparing with a dog now. You know when you come home and the dog's like bums go in, it's like, oh, yay, I miss you so much. Literally every single day he comes in, drops his bag, and I'm like, <laughs> That's that is adorable. You yeah, I'm can't clear. really ask for more than that, can you? Um, no, I know it's good. I feel like um, I feel like I've I deserve it because I've been put through the mill a few times. So finally, I'm getting the love that I I wanted and I deserved. It's nice. Absolutely, well, you deserve it, babes. Hundred percent, love that. Um, well, Abby, thank you so much for joining us this evening again, and um, thank you for me. And, and have a lovely evening. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, darling. Thanks Bye, so guys. much. Bye. 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 <laughs> She's such a like lovely little, lovely sweet soul, isn't she? Blessed. So I can imagine her waiting at the door when he comes. I'm blessed. <laughs> <laughs>
I wish you I'd... say about a dog? I don't think that's ever happened to any of my, my exes, to be honest, uh, sadly. But, <laughs> you know, there's still time. Um, right, our, still sec- time. our second guest, uh, Charity Case, is here. So let's get her in. Hello. 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 You all right? Yeah, really good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Just got home from university. Oh, <laughs> oh what are you studying? Fine art, actually. Oh, studying. Oh, yeah, I've just been doing some life drawing today of some gorgeous girl. Oh, nice. Um, how have fun. you been? What's been going down? I, I believe I believe the uh, the drag race tour just wrapped up, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It's just finished. Um, I'd say probably about two week, two three weeks ago. Um, how was uh, it? I went straight from yeah, it was amazing. Like it was next level touring the country and seeing so many fabulous fans. You know, like seriously amazing. Like intense and hard work. I bet uh, draining and um, too close to comfort. You know what I mean? Like sixteen people on a bus is too many. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it was good fun, definitely. Was there any rails on the bus? <laughs> no, actually. Like realistically, we all got on really well. I think. Gosh, that's um, good. Yeah, like considering it's such close close quarters, you know, it was it was pretty easy going. Um, obviously, people rub rub each other up the wrong way at times, and not everyone gets on like a house on fire. But everyone's adult enough and mature enough to like look past our differences especially when you are like living with someone you can't exactly avoid them so and I guess you kind of know as well like it's only temporary right like even if you don't get on with something you can do you can do anything for a short period of time and you can um, literally that's my that's my life motto everything is temporary (laughs) everything's temporary (laughs) but you you know you you mentioned is this is this your first year at university my first year yeah yeah so that's quite a departure then. So you decided to to do that after, I mean, because you would have filmed that series of Drag Race quite a long time ago now, I, I imagine. Yeah, um, we did. So what yeah, made you decide ago. to, yeah, right, so I mean, like, what, what made you decide to to switch up and go to uni following that? I mean, I think I've always wanted to have a degree, like, ever since I was really young, I saw myself going to university, and my pathway in life just kind of diverted and I ended up being on Drag Race which is obviously fabulous and I'm really excited. <laughs> it's quite a diversion. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, but I always saw myself as doing like design work or you know some sort of some sort of traditional style of artwork rather mm-hmm. than costumes and makeup um, and drag became like my main source of income and my my main outlet for all my emotions and you know stress which is obviously brilliant, and I'm not I'm not denying what bigger part of I had in my life. It is it does have a massive part of my life, and I, I love it. I've loved it for a long time, but I don't want to be wearing corsets and heels for much longer. Like it's uncomfortable, and I think that I'm kind of limiting myself and my creative perspective by just creating one person in like creating one look on myself Mm -hmm. that then gets thrown away at the end of the night I'd rather create like a whole selection of characters and the world that they live in and their costumes and it be lasting you know what I mean so my motivation for going back to university or going to university for the first time (laughs) is is really to refine my creative message and my aesthetic and to create a really strong and 
heavy body of work over the next few years to kind of push myself into the direction that I want to be in. And I guess like in five, 10 years time when I finish my degree, like my inspirations for my career is like Tim Burton, Ryan Murphy, Del Toro, you know, these creative powerhouses that create concepts and imagery and direct. So that's kind of where I would like to be in the future. And I think that going to university is going to help me get there with my creativity. I can totally see that. Do you have any regrets about your time on the show, babe? Um, I don't have regrets per se because I wouldn't change the way that I am for anything. And I think the reason that I talk about the things I talk about and stand up the things I stand up for and the reason that I look the way that I look in drag is political. It has it has meaning behind it. And if people want to look into that and want to talk about that more, I'm very happy to. You know, I'm I'm a hardcore feminist and I think that we as mostly queer men shouldn't put women in the same box that straight men do and I think that it's my responsibility as a man trying to change the boundaries of what it means to be a man to do that for women as well instead of keeping on pushing the same stereotype and same you know things that have been held down on women and keep them oppressed for generations so that's kind of my reasoning behind not shaving my legs that's why I refuse to tuck that's why I refuse to conform to society's beauty standards because I think it's necessary that the young girls watching the show have somebody to look up to who doesn't necessarily look like a blow-up sex doll. But but does that kind of frustrate you when it comes to drag race then? I mean obviously it does <laughs> because the people that tend to win do conform to those sort of uh, looks and and messages and you didn't and don't. And so was it, was it confusing? Uh, not confusing, was it frustrating? It's not, it's not frustrating because I think everyone's drag is valid and I'm not suggesting that, that people's drag is is wrong because it is replicating what the majority see as, as womanhood. I'm not saying that is incorrect, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, everyone, everyone should be able to look how they want to look and dress what they want to dress as. But I do think that it's important that we highlight alternative styles of beauty as well as that one same thing and that we hold them up to the same level and treat them with the same kind of respect. Um, so what was frustrating to me was being told to change my drag up or being told that, you know, this would have looked better. I love doing that on that show. (laughs) Yeah. When being told that I would look better if it was a pretty face with this look or, you know, it it just kind of plays into that narrative of like, do we really understand what we're saying here? Because we are pointing at a man saying you're not a woman enough because you don't look like that. And that's kind of, if, if anything, the opposite of what we're trying to fight for in our community. We're trying to fight for self-identification and, and people not being able to, people not looking like what you expect them to look like, but, but, but calling them what they want to be called. So I think that it's important that we don't push the narrative of this is a woman and um, instead we broaden that narrative. I think it was all historically like British drag has always kind of pushed those boundaries I mean like uh, you know you look back to the to sort of the origins of British drag it was mm-hmm. it was clearly a man in a dress it wasn't like yeah, yeah. someone who was trying to 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 not trick or to to do that so I mean yeah I think sometimes this is just my opinion obviously I'm not trying to put words in your mouth but the UK drag race could do with sort of some understanding of that yeah so um, I think I think in reality um, this the whole pageanty style of drag is very American, mm. um, and it's got a lot of culture over there and a lot of history. Whereas over here, drag has been more of a entertainment form for 
in a dirty, grungy pub, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's not a bad thing either. Like, neither of these are bad things, but it's just very different. Um, and I think that in, in history, if you look at drag, it's always been kind of taking the piss. Take, yeah. I shouldn't say that. It's always, it's always you, been you can of, say that. You can say that. I can. Okay. Wow. That's exciting. <laughs> um, it's always been kind of taking the piss out of womanhood and women, mm-hmm. which is fine. We can take the piss out of each other. We're not, you know, we're not snowflakes. That's not that's not the label that we associate with. This. But yeah. we do care, and I think it's important that if we are taking the piss out of something. I think it's the. I think that it's important that if we are going to take the piss out of somebody, then we have mm. to understand the context and we have to understand the effects that maybe yeah. projecting this one style of femininity and beauty might have on those twelve-year-old girls watching at home. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of social media, I bet you've had so many messages for, from people thanking you for for putting your message out there and getting what it was about do you know what I mean yeah totally totally I've had I've had so much love for you know not only talking about my HIV and my my the activism that I do around that but but also talking about like queer art and talking about alternative art and representing different types of womanhood and you know there's so many women in the audience when I do a show that that don't necessarily know why they like what I do but they like it. And when I open myself up and talk about it like this, then it opens their eyes up a little bit more and they're like, oh, that's why I relate to you. You know, because they don't see themselves as that stick figure porcelain doll, which we see winning drag race every season. And that again, that's not a problem. That's not a bad thing. Like they deserve to win. They're all very, very, very talented girls. Well, mostly men in wigs. But um, <laughs> but I think it is important that we do hold other drag up to that standard as well. And we praise it and represent it and showcase it. But, oh, sorry, Bob, go on. I just wanted to touch upon it. Do, do you see a difference now? Was you diagnosed with HIV when you was 18? I was, yeah. So from then to where we are now, age-wise, I'll be a gentleman and won't ask, you're right. 25, 25. 25. Can, can you see a difference in them seven? I'm trying to do the maths, mate. Is that seven years? Seven. Carol Walden, <laughs> I, 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 I can't believe Countdown ain't running off with me the job. But in the <laughs> seven years, can you see a difference by people yeah, speaking yeah. out? And... I think I can see a difference, definitely. I mean, if only in terms of um, developments in medication. I mean, mm-hmm. since then, in, in, in that time, when I got diagnosed when I was 18, immediately straight on medication and immediately undetectable and healthy and happy and safe, um, which is brilliant and that the way it should be. But now I, I can remember that back then being told, well, there may be some side effects to these meds. And it wasn't like, oh, you're going to be on the toilet vomiting. It was like, you might be a bit gassy. You know what I mean? And I remember at first being like, oh God, I am a bit gassy. And now it's developed even more. And at first I was taking three tablets at once, three tablets a night. And now I just take one. There's one singular tablet and I have no side effects whatsoever. So I think I've seen developments in medication since then. Um, And I would like to think that I'd seen developments in um, society's views and stigma. Um, And I definitely have. I mean, I've done, I just did some work for World AIDS Day with a fabulous company, a fabulous HIV HIV organisation. And Terence Higgins. This is a different one. These are called Vive Healthcare, V-I-I-V. 
um, and they do more on the medical research front rather than helping individuals in their day-to-day life. Um, And so we were just going around asking some people about what their opinions of HIV were and and what their knowledge was. And it was really quite um, uplifting, you know, hearing Mm. people's, like, openness to learn and openness to be educated and also yeah. hearing people who are educated you know who are young and um and do know best so so yeah I'd like to think attitudes have changed and people like me talking about it on tv is the only way to get there you know like I can't remember seeing anyone talk on tv about HIV when I was a kid Gareth Thomas maybe the first person and you know he is a white man and I am a white man. The, mm. the, the, the pool of people talking about it is still very small in the public eye. Um, and the step forward is to broaden that horizon so that people don't keep that one stereotype. Yeah. yeah. Very, very well said. Yeah. Um, you obviously talking at the beginning of the show about um, uh, doing your degree. Do, mm-hmm. Does this mean the end of Charity Case as a character? Or, or will you still be doing performances and... And I like mean, in the future. <laughs> I mean, I have, I, I'm still going to be doing shows over the next year or so at least whilst I'm still at university. I'm doing it part time so far. Good for the so money. I, just, <laughs> I do have the time. And yeah, I mean, I still need to make some money and I still need to, still need to get by. Um, but I do some of my artwork and stuff, and that's, that's a good form of income for me. And um, I still take gigs, but I have to really want to do it. It has to be something that I enjoy. I'm going to, I know I'm going to really enjoy. And has to be worth it for the money, really, for me now, because it's just I'm not as inspired to sit and design a drag look anymore. I'd rather mm-hmm. sit and write a script for a movie. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah, in yeah, a different yeah. place now creatively. So drag kind of feels like ugh, now when I know I have to do a new look. <laughs> when you, when you put, if you're pulling on a pair of stockings, yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, so, I totally appreciate like, that. I still enjoy, like being in drag is fabulous. I love being in drag. I love being in the club. I love meeting everyone that likes my work. Like that's amazing. It's a dream come true. You know, it really is. But I think I'm just seeing this, this as an opportunity now to take my career and my life to a place that I saw it going when I was younger and a place that I want it to be in 10 years because mm-hmm. I don't just want to keep like flogging the drag horse down the road you know what I mean flogging the drag it was already horse. dead you know it was, it's already a zombie horse like it can't get much further <laughs> so I mean I, like, I, I love it I love it but I, I think I saw drag race as an opportunity to build a brand and build an audience and build uh, a profile for myself as an artist more generally and I'm trying to move in the direction of of that now I think rather than just being you know known as a drag queen I see myself as an artist and I want people to see that as well yeah how do you find dating post tv well I actually have a boyfriend I'm very oh, so you don't gorgeous boyfriend <laughs> yeah I mean I I didn't have a boyfriend when we filmed me and him have been together for like four months now Oh, nice. uh, Congrats. Yeah, and to be honest, I, as I talked about on the show, I hadn't had a boyfriend for a long time. I hadn't been in a relationship for a long time. Um, and it was a big sort of hole in my life, actually. You know, like, I've got my own issues with uh, insecurities and whatnot and my past experiences that have led me to feeling certain ways and acting certain ways. Um, and it just felt like a massive mountain to climb to have to give someone all of my baggage. And you know what I mean? It, you know, yeah. there's... 
There's so much we've to all been there, I think, as, as as queer people. I think it's like an ongoing issue for many of us. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, and yeah, so I, met, I met him in a club, and we just hit it off, and it's going absolutely amazingly. He's incredible. Damn yeah. you! You met them in a club. This never <laughs> happens. Oh, I, love, I, love, I met him real life. <laughs> I met him in real life. We met in a club. Um, not in DMs, not on it. No, 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 no. He, and and, <laughs> and the weirdest thing about it is, like, he is, he's like, it looks like I've designed him. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, you, if you'd ask my friends, like, oh, design a boyfriend for yourself a few months back, I would have designed him. It's just, it's insane. So, yeah, we're in a bit of a fairy tale romance moment right oh. now. Um, Super we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you get your fairy tale, babe. You deserve it. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> um, well, Terry, thanks so much for speaking to us this evening. Really appreciate it. And um, best of luck with university because I've done it and it was hard. <laughs> Thank you very much. For I haven't done it. Either. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm sure it's a massive shock. <laughs> yeah, well, I hadn't done it either. So I mean, I, I'm only I'm only doing it part time. It's still hard work. God, <laughs> I don't know if I'll put myself through it again. But yeah, best of luck with it, and um, and thanks so much for speaking to us. Thanks, Charity. Thanks for having me. I'm Enjoy. Take care. Day. You too. <laughs> you. Bye bye. 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 <laughs> oh. Everyone's well, happily loved up with Bob apart from us. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe at the minute. Feeling and it's that it, time yeah. of year as well. I think people coupling up for Christmas. I saw that there was a study. Well, I say a... to him. <laughs> Two fingers up. Um, right, our final guest. We're running out of time, blimey. Um, our final guest, uh, Chanita Stevenson from uh, Married at First Sight UK is here. So let's go in. Perfect. Hello. <laughs> Hello, babes. You're right. Really good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. It's lovely to have you on the show. I know. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> how how is life treating you since uh, since I guess you came to fame, really? <laughs> um, oh, it's it's been a whirlwind. Um, it's very overwhelming, but it's been really positive. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, it's a lot to get your head around. I always want to ask people that have done. Married at first sight. Why? What is it about the show? I I couldn't. I can't comprehend what would make someone want to do the show personally. So, what made you want to do it? Um, there's a few reasons. One, I was actually finding it really hard with dating apps. Um, the guys I was meeting were just yeah, just wanted one thing, and it was very clear what their intentions were. And so my friend was like, go do it, go do it. And I was like, no, I did push it off. So I was thinking the same as you. (laughs) But then um, I thought, why not? And I do love a social experiment as well. And that's kind of what I saw it as in addition to thinking, yeah, I'm going to get a husband, so it's going to go great. (laughs) And so that's why, why I joined it. And I thought, yeah, why not give the experts a challenge? They, you know, they do this job, so find my Prince Charming. How do you look back at your experience now? Um, <laughs> I must admit I've reflected a lot <laughs> about everything <laughs> I've gone through and that roller coaster. My experience, obviously, I didn't get the end result in which I wanted. No one ever does on Married at First Sight. <laughs> it's very well, few people do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a positive thinker. Right <laughs> <laughs> positive thoughts, you know, optimism went in. Um, but 
I think I was quite fortunate, although, yeah, my husband did one after the experiment. Um, my experience as a whole was good in the sense of I learned a lot about myself. Um, I definitely know what I do not want in a relationship. And also I made amazing friends for life in it. So when I look back, although it was very mentally, emotionally and physically draining at times, like I'm very grateful for it. So that's kind of what I look back on. What's your thoughts, babe? Because Married at First Sight has been quite controversial with so many people criticising like poor editing and lack of welfare. What's your thoughts on that side of things? Yeah, this has been a constant battle um, with some members of the cast. Yeah. I think it's difficult because if you have said something, you said it. Um, So there's no taking away from that. Do you know what I mean? You have your mind, you have your views, and you said what you've said. I do, I do think it is hard at times because sometimes there may have been a bigger discussion, but only a snippet shown. So people can then obviously choose how they're going to perceive that. And you could be like, well, actually, I meant it more on this side. But I it's a hard question for me because overall I haven't been upset with the edit of myself. I know the things I've said. I know the times when, you know, I probably haven't said something the best way or reacted the best way. Um, But on the flip side, I I can understand it's difficult when certain scenes haven't been shown or things you've said have been taken a bit out of context. Um, But yeah, it's it's a really difficult question because for me, I've had such a positive um, response. So I think it's hard for me to sit here and then speak about others where I know like some of my friends have really struggled. Um, you know, Sophie, her wedding day made her look quite materialistic um, and she's very down to earth. <laughs> you know, she likes nice things, but she's very down to earth. So when I think about that situation, then it's, it's difficult because I didn't have that experience. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's hard. It's a hard one. Sorry. I've just rambled on them. It's interesting. It's interesting. I think, yeah, ev- everyone it, with all reality shows, every, every contestant has a different experience because also it's what they go into it expecting. Some people will understand that the editing will take them in a certain place and other yeah. people are com- are, can be oblivious. And also it can happen unfairly and sometimes it can happen fairly. It's really like roll of the dice situation, isn't it? You just Definitely. don't really know how it's all going to come out yeah. in the end. And so many of us went in, you know, for genuine reasons and you just, you are quite naive. Like I was so naive to how things work in TV and, you know, how filming is. So just little me from Derby going into that, I was like, oh, okay. Like this is how it all works, falls into place, that sort of thing. And what's your thoughts on some of the cars saying, like you just touched upon it there, that you went in for right reasons as in you you wanted to give this a real go but um cars that have said that they they've been coupled up and married to someone that was told it was only ever a tv show that they never saw it as that they wanted a marriage out of it they was literally just doing the gig as a tv show and for i don't know i guess like a profile yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think there was a few people in your series that 
went in just wanting to do a TV show or? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, but I think that's quite apparent throughout the show. Um, mm-hmm. And we do, we have, you know, it's hard because I did genuinely go in quite naive with genuine intentions. Um, and they ask you as part of the process, what is your intentions like for coming on? Because they do, I think they do try to sieve out some people that are there obviously to boost their whatever they've got going off. Um, and I think they, they do explore that. So I, I am quite intrigued. I'd love to know how them interviews went beforehand with the people that did go on, not for genuine reasons and for a platform booster, um, because that is explored. But I think watching the show, I think those that are genuine and really went and put the heart and soul into it, it's very evident compared to those that didn't and maybe more so since the show's aired I think it's been able to show people's true colours more so. Has anyone surprised you? So obviously when you film it in advance don't you so once you're recording now that that, obviously that's wrapped and it's filmed and once it's said is there any has there been anyone where you've kind of thought I didn't get that vibe from you when I was with you or whether you was filming with them, but then you sit on your sofa and you watch it back a bit. I, I kind of, you're like, I can't believe it. You're a stranger. Which one's real? Yes. You know, watching George and April together, I think that that was a bit insightful. Um, just seeing them being one-to-one um, because at, dinner parties I didn't you know sometimes bless George but sometimes he had a bit of a stare on him (laughs) and a look in his eye and I thought I had never seen that look in his eye before um and that that was very insightful because I thought hey like what did I miss something I didn't I didn't see that um and it does make you really think Back and you're thinking about different points you're like but I didn't see that like did I miss something and then obviously with them splitting or whatever you just you just don't know what goes on like I still don't know what's gone on but I think that they were the couple that I was most like oh okay this is this is really interesting your relationship like with with Jordan now are you are you all right do you think you'll stay in each other's lives like what's the deal ah me and Jordan gosh um <laughs> <laughs> so after the show, right, so when the um, experiment obviously aired on the TV and the show aired, it really messes with your head because mm. it's like it's sucking you back into that time period. And so watching the honeymoon, watching all these great things, it, it brings all the feelings and the emotions back. Um, so I did get um, close with Jordan again and we was kind of seeing things, how things went, but... Yeah, you know, when something's done, it's done. <laughs> and I should have learned from the first time. But um, we are just friends. Like, we, we stay in contact a lot. Um, it's like, my, it's my birthday next weekend. I'm going to be 30. And he's coming to that. Um, because although he was a bit of an idiot, let's say, <laughs> that's polite. Um, <laughs> it's also the person that I went through that experience with. Yeah. And I suppose it's bonded us a lot in terms of who else do you go through something like that with um he's the person that knows exactly what it was like you know start to finish with our journey 
um and he was obviously brought into my life for a reason so yeah just friends and it's strictly saying like that <laughs> and what's your thoughts on the they're doing like a christmas special aren't they yes are you doing um, that are you on it yes i am <laughs> um, and has so, that been yeah, recorded already Yes, it was recorded the other week, which was so bizarre. Um, yeah, doing Christmas before Halloween. That's a first. What's, what's the premise of that one? You're not getting married again, are you? <laughs> oh, God, no, Bobby, I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, two strikes, you're out, done, right? <laughs> um, so that's like a bit like a little Christmas reunion, um, and it's between... Um, a few from last year's cast and a few from this year. So it'll definitely be one to watch. Oh, exciting stuff. And when does that air? I guess literally around Christmas time. Um, yeah, I believe it's around December, like earlier in December. But yeah, some sometime in December. Sorry, I don't know the exact date. No worries, babe. What advice would you give to anyone who's listening that's thinking, do you know what? I watched it. I might sign up for it next year. I kind of want to give it a go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Any tips, any advice? Or like Stephen says, swerve it. Um, it's funny because obviously I didn't get the end result. So then for me to sit here like, yeah, go do it, go do it, (laughs) must sound absolutely crazy. But there are success stories. And my advice would be to anybody that's thinking about doing it. If you want to apply, you never know. And if you are going to do it, do it for genuine reasons um, for yourself and also for the person you may be paired up with. And just know that it's <laughs> the biggest roller coaster you are going on. And it will challenge you mentally, emotionally. There's no preparing for it um, just because. Not, o- not only in your marriage, you know, to a stranger and dealing with that, but also the group that you'll be put with as well, because that's just a whole different dynamic. Um, but yeah, definitely say apply, but just be very prepared. Well, you can't be prepared. <laughs> just be prepared <laughs> to not be prepared. As, yeah, as much <laughs> as you can be. Um, no, well, that makes sense. Um, well, Tania, thanks so much for speaking to us this evening. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And, thanks for uh, having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best You're of welcome. Luck. Best of luck on the manhunt in the future, I guess. <laughs> I need it. I clearly am doing something wrong. We all, wrong. all do. We all do. <laughs> Take care, darling. You too. See you later. Bye. Bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs> I mean, it's been like full on relationship chats this evening, isn't it? Everyone's, uh, you know. Yeah, it's been an episode of love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah which, which we're not very good at, Bob. So we probably shouldn't. No. Be to, yeah. <laughs> me and you, we'll, we'll be going on to married at first sight next year. It'll be well. It'll end up me and you marrying each other, Bob, because we'll be the last. <laughs> we'll be the last two left. Be... <laughs> never say never, Stephen. No. Never say never. As I always learn from the UX Towie folk, you know, always never say never to anything. <laughs> um, right. Well, what a lovely show as ever. Um, you got anything exciting coming up this week, Bob? What have I got this week? Going over to see Nanny Norris. Oh, cute. Um, couple of meetings, but a little bit of a, a little bit of a chilled one this week. Really, a couple of meetings, bit of work, and then just catching up with with the Nan. How about you, babe? Sounds good. Um, well, post Canada, I'm still trying to get my sleep back, so I'm trying to have like a like a booze free, really calm week. Getting in at a reasonable time from work, reading a book. I'm just trying to have one of those weeks, you know, 
just sort of super chilled. And then my friend texted me and was like, let's go out for a drink tomorrow night. And I was like, okay, so I'm going out for a drink tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's think about a couple of nights chilled by the exactly. Go and read your book and, yeah, Exactly. Because sometimes I think the worst part of coming home is opening the suitcase <laughs> and getting the washing done. <laughs> and you're like, sometimes, oh, it just seems to take forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if this sounds really bad, but sometimes I've left my case for about three days I've, and had to work up to even open it. I've literally not opened it. It's been in the corner and I'm like, oh my gosh, I better get around to doing that. I can tell you right now, Bob, my suitcase is in my hallway and for the last two days, I've been stepping over it every time I need to get out the door. I'm literally... I'm, I'm glad the it's not no, it's everyone. <laughs> everyone does it. Um, all right, well, great show. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next week, goodbye. Bye, guys.